everybody, and welcome to episode 451 of Good Luck High Five. That's right, you're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering, and especially this week if you are ready to hear all about the rules and interactions of Innistrad Midnight Hunt. That's right, this is our Judge Rob episode where he will come on and set the record straight about everything, including all of the new mechanics that are especially tricky in Innistrad Midnight Hunt. That's right. I'm one of your hosts, Megan. And I'm one of your hosts, Maria. And like Maria said, Judge Rob will be joining us shortly. Yeah, I always love these episodes because Judge Rob highlights things that, you know, I hadn't thought about. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that would have tripped me up if you had not been here to let me know. I would have gotten that wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So many things that I would have gotten wrong. And so many more people are playing back in their LGSs now for these pre-releases. So Arena's not there to correct you. No, Arena can't be like... Uh, uh, uh. Excuse me, you cannot do that. You didn't say the magic word. Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to help you out because uh, the especially with the daytime, nighttime mechanic with the yes. werewolves has been in- explained incorrectly in a couple of big um, magic media outlets. And we just want to make sure that you know the exact right way yes. that this works. So... Hot off the press is correct. Yes. <laughs> Here on Good Luck High Five. Good Luck High Five. We will not lead you astray. Sometimes we will. Not this time. I was going to say, honestly... Taking a break from leading yes, you astray. that's a great way to put it. We're going to take some time off to lead you stray. Yes. Wait, hold Wait. on. If- well, <laughs> before we get started, we have some people to thank. And first and foremost amongst them are you, Yay. our listeners, and especially our patrons. Thank you to everybody who supports our show over on patreon.com slash glhfmagic. You can become a member of our show for any dollar amount, literally any dollar amount that you want in your local currency. Patreon supports a lot of local currencies around the world. So check that out. At $5, you get access access to our discord and that's a really awesome happy place to be uh you can also play in our tournaments coming up this weekend we have an awesome yes. tournament and especially thank you to david yay david to zach yay zach who, called, who i believe answered the call for more zacks did we ask for more zacks i think in the past at least once I know that in the past we have asked for more Zach. Well, here's the thing. Like people don't always listen to our episodes like when we release them. Exactly. You know. So if Zach, if you're me- if you're answering a call from the past, thank you, Zach. <laughs> thank you. We hear you here in the future. It's like that. Okay, we've t- which we've talked about Morning Edition in the past. <laughs> Which is the which yeah, is the yeah. show where he gets the next day's newspaper the day the, the before. Day before. Here's a show. I can't you give get it to phone him. calls from the past. <laughs> Ooh. And there's nothing you can do about it. Hello, this is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Wait, they had to at least have had invented the phone <laughs> Wait, <yeah. laughs> when somebody calls you. Just like a time machine. Like you can't go travel back before time machines were invented. That's what they say. You Wait, know? what? You know, I mean... <laughs> I've heard that. They're like, if you're doing time travel, we already, okay, you can travel forward in time. Everybody knows that. Okay, we get it. Yeah. Uh, but back but in time. But you can't travel back before, before the invention ma- of the time machine? That's one theory. Yeah. Wild. So that's why, you know, we d- we haven't done it yet because we haven't done it yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I've never heard anything more clear and concise on this podcast than if you haven't done it yet you You haven't haven't done done it it yet there you go there you go uh yeah so let's talk about this tournament coming up this weekend yes our patron only tournament which is four rounds of best of three gladiator nice yeah yeah starting at 10 a.m central if you need a gladiator deck don't worry the gladiator discord has got your back they will supply you with one uh there's lists all over the internet as well links in the show notes as to how to find that discord and other gladiator lists. It's a super fun singleton format. Oh, it's a lot be of deck diversity. Such a good time. And we have a, just fun hanging out in the Discord while it's we play. It's always such a fun time. Yeah. So, like we, we said on the upkeep, go and play in our gladiator tournament, hang out, then go to your LGS, do a pre release, yes. a day have of magic. Literally a perfect day. Literally, for yeah, and the the weather is so lovely here in North America. Fall time's approaching. With look at our le- Ooh, leaves on our yes. desk here, um, that it'll just literally be the perfect day, as I can say, so because the weather's gonna go. be great and magic. Have a glass of apple cider, oh, yes. warm apple cider. Absolutely. Are you kidding right. me? Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Patreon.com/slash/glhfmagic. And thank you as well to Card Kingdom for being super dope sponsors as well. You can go to cardkingdom.com slash GLHF and use that link to buy whatever you need. I did it Anything today. Anything you need. What did you buy? I did it this morning. What did you get? 
a secret. <gasps> what? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> maybe wow. maybe one day you'll find out, you know? Wow. But for now, secrets. Wow. Okay. But I know that I put the order in this morning and I'm going to get it like before I even sneeze. Yeah. It'll be arriving in my mailbox. <laughs> so that's shipping so fast, it beats your sneeze. <laughs> There you go. We're always making up slogans for Card Kingdom. That's a great one, Card Kingdom. Because they're wonderful. Think about that one. And they deserve great slogans, including (laughs) shipping so fast it beats your sneeze. Just say good luck, high five, and they'll give you a token or a sticker in your order for free. Yeah. Great place to get all the things for your magical life. (laughs) All right, everybody. We've got Judge Robin here to go through Innistrad Midnight Hunt with us. I am so excited. Thank Uh, you so much for being here, Rob. Yeah, you're welcome. I love being on the show. I love doing this stuff with new sets. I was just uh, judging the pre-pre-release yesterday. I got invited by the other judges to to come help out with that. That That was was really fun. it was a great time. You you know Loading Ready Run is our Canadian brothers from another yeah. Canadian mother. So yep. I've been watching them since season three. <laughs> That's the full phrase. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> you know the phrase. Yeah. You know Canadian the phrase. Brothers. But before we delve yeah. into any of the rules, we're gonna do we're gonna do go over the mechanics and mm-hmm. the specific cards. You always start with a PSA. Yeah, my PSA. So a, a lot of my PSAs isn't about being about like being good to people and stuff. And this one is about respecting people. Um, if you go into a store and they have local rules that you don't necessarily agree with, find out what their limits are. I, I'm obviously speaking specifically about like mask mandates or vaccination policies, but if they have local store rules, respect them. If people have limits as to how comfortable they feel, if they really don't feel like they want you to, they're like, I don't want to touch other players' cards. I don't want them to touch my cards during this. Respect that. Try to find ways to work around it and like make it's so that the game is still fun and meets within their limits. And that might be psychological limits. It might be physical limits. It might be any other kind of limits, but respect the limits of what people have and have fun within them. Um, Also pay attention to cards. This set Um, at the (laughs) pre-release, it came up once already where they were confused about whether or not I land was a swamp or a plains because they have the black and white cards in the set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so when you're, when you're respecting people's physical limits, respect their, their visual limits as well. Um, because people are not going to necessarily be able to tell from across the table. Yeah, if those lines look really cool, yes. but they're kind of hard to distinguish they, between. They really are. Um, and the the, pip line, the the pin line border around the edge is colored and the symbols at the bottom, but you're going to cover that up. You're yeah. going to cover these yeah. up. Yeah. It's going to be hard. And so, like, just communicate things well to people on it. Figure out what they're what they need to know and see and go get basic lands from the store if people are having problems. Because they're cool lands. You can run them in your 20 planes deck and it's not going to be any confusion. But at a pre-release, you might get trapped in a mulligan that you don't want. <laughs> yeah, that's this, a great point. This happened to Graham yesterday. <laughs> he was like, oh, wait. Oh. He was like, I'm sure I had a swamp in this hand. Oh, <laughs> no, Graham. He won that game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Redeemed. Fine. Redeemed. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> no longer feel bad. <laughs> so the first thing we're going to cover here are returning mechanics. Yeah. So I switched it around a little because I wanted to be able to just jam all the stuff about double-faced cards together. Sure. Um, so we have flashback. It's back and it's back again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Flashback's back. Ha- has been again. flashed back. Yes, yes indeed. Um, so let's look at memory deluge here. It's um, blue, blue two for an instant. Look at the top X cards of your library where X is the amount of mana spent to cast this spell. Put two of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then it has flashback for blue, blue and five. That card has a lot of words on it. It Rob. does. Um, what it's really trying to do is uh, be like a like a glimpse, whatever the, the one from uh, Kaldheim was that was scry four, draw two at instant speed, basically. Oh, yeah. Um, because that's what it does in the front face, and then the back face, it wants to be dig through time. Okay. Um, but flashback oh, is— Everything wants time. to be dig everything everything through, through time. Everything wants to be dig through time. <laughs> um, so the, the, the way the flashback works is it's an alternative cost to play the spell. You can only flashback from your graveyard. Right. And so you pay the flashback cost, put it on the stack. If it would go anywhere other than exile from the stack, it goes to exile instead. Okay. okay. So, so, like, if it gets countered, yeah, it's if, just like too bad. Yeah, if, if they if and if they try to return it to your hand, if they there's there's various spells that'll be like return target spell to its to its owner's hand, um, it goes to exile instead. It doesn't go to your hand. Like memory lapse. If it got memory lapse, yeah, right. if yes. memory lapse tries to Goodbye. put it on top of the library. Um, that is yeah. a good thing. If it to goes, know. yeah, if it tries to go anywhere else, it'll 
it'll go to exile. Instead. Sorry, still, still on my way to exile. Bye. <laughs> if something, it, it, note though, if something is trying to exile it, they, it's flashback doesn't care. So if you have something that's um, spell queller, sure, that says yeah. exile target spell on the stack. Uh, if you flashback an exiled spell on a spell quell it, flashback says, yeah, sure, whatever. I, I'm, you're going to exile. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> and so spell queller lets it come back then off of the flashbacking. Wow. Uh, okay. Very unusual. Well, Rob, yeah. my brain is already fried and we're three yeah. minutes into this. <laughs> All right. Cool. New record. Uh, so curses. There's a, There are four curses in this set. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Curse of Surveillance. Oh, are we? Uh, you are scrolled away <laughs> from the image. Uh, I yeah, understand. I <laughs> this is correct. This is probably your grossest card. Um, curse of Surveillance. Blue and four for an enchantment oh, or a so curse. gross. It has enchant player. And it says, at the beginning of Enchanted Player's Upkeep, any number of target players other than that player each draw cards equal to the number of curses attached to that player. <laughs> That's a lot of... This is a word maze. <laughs> what the, I just got lost. So, 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 I'm hanging out with a minotaur. It, yeah. Let's think about what curses do. Curses are auras that attach to players. Yes. So just like you can put an aura on, on your opponent's creature or your creature. So there's candles whatever in this set that makes the creature of Defender. Yeah. Uh, you, that's a curse on a creature, basically. It's an it's an enchantment that you put on somebody else's creature. Uh, curses are enchantments that you put on other players, and then it does a thing to them. Uh, you still control them, so you it, you control this trigger when curses surveillance triggers goes in the stack, and you make the choices for it. And what it wants you to do is count the number of curses attached to that player, and then pick some number of target players to draw cards based on that number of curses. And you can't have the player that's cursed to draw those cards this way. Um, that's it. That's all that it wants to do is basically you're going to draw cards equal to the number of curses on that player. So Great. on Arena, when you uh, play a curse, it'll be on your side of the battlefield because yeah. you're the controller, Correct. which you might be like, oh, no, did I curse myself? Yeah. No, don't worry. Uh, some In rare circumstances, you want to curse yourself, but you probably never <laughs> want to do this. Curse, I curse myself um, every time I stub my toe, I'll uh, tell it's you that. True. <laughs> it's true. Every time I grow eyes out of my hands, I curse myself. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> Um, similar to, uh, so the, the other one that's going to come up is there's a transforming curse, curse of leeches, um, which deals damage to them on their upkeep. Yeah. Um, the upkeep of enchanted players when it, it deals them damage, uh, and make, or makes them lose life and you gain life. Um, and it, it will do that if it's attached to them at, after transforming, which we'll talk about in a second. Oh boy. Great. <laughs> Fun. Oh boy. Um, so there's cards that transform. Yeah. There's normal transformations. If you played in the last year, we had modal double-faced cards, which are double-faced and you cast them. Yeah. On either side, these don't behave like that at all. They're totally different. Uh, they, these are cards that instruct you to transform them, which is turn them to the other side. So let's look at Enduring Angel. White, 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 two. Flying, double strike. Or Sorry, it's a three, three, angel. Flying, double strike. You have hexproof. I love it. If your life total would be reduced to zero or less, instead transform Enduring Angel and your life total becomes three. Then if Enduring Angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game. Okay. The other side is Angelic Enforcer. It's a star star. It is flying. You have hexproof. Angelic Enforcer's power and toughness are each equal to your life total. And whenever Angelic Enforcer attacks, double your life total. Oh, gosh, this card's cool. It's really cool. Uh, So it gives you an instruction to transform it. It has a condition under which it transforms. In this case, a replacement effect replaces lose, it, it, life total becoming zero with transforming and doing some other stuff. But it might be a triggered ability or it might be an activated ability that transforms this. And then it, it'll just transform and it goes to the other side. And some things will transform again. If they're on the back face and instructed to transform, they go back to the front face. Um, they normal, uh, normal. Well, I call them normal. They were previous to modal level face cards, the normal transform cards. They always enter on the front face. They always enter on the day side, the one that has the sun. That's the face that they are in every zone, except on the stack or except on the battlefield, or in some cases in the set on the stack. Um, the when they transform, uh, they they have the characteristics on the back, which includes a color indicator on the on the. Type line, which tells you what color it is. They can change color when they change sides. So there's a blue werewolf that's a stowaway that changes into a green werewolf on the backside. Weird. It's blue on the front, green on the back. Okay. However, you do have to look back at the front side to determine the converted mana cost or 
it used to be converted mana cost. The mana, the mana value. value of that card. The artist formerly known as converted mana cost. Yes, yes. thank you. Um, so <laughs> the it, you look back when you look at one of these and you say, "What's the mana value of Angelic Enforcer?" It is five because Enduring Angel has white, white, white three. So the the, the mana value of the back face is it, whatever it is on the front face. Is determined by the front face if the card is a modal double face or is a transforming double face card. Yeah. Now let's talk about what happens if this isn't a transforming double face card. So let's say that I make a frog token. Sure. That's Which an enduring you, angel. You can do in the set. You can totally do in the set. That's that token doesn't have two faces. No. It cannot transform. Yeah. If you're instructed to transform it, you can't. You you do nothing. Yeah. Uh, this is why enduring angel has the very strange. If enduring angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game. Okay. Because yeah. if you made a frog token of enduring angel and then try to get hit to zero life. It wouldn't transform and it would stay an angel, which would mean that you couldn't die. Gotcha. Right? Yep. Because yes. it would just stay that and keep preventing you from, uh, from taking damage. They have prevented they, day one they, errata. Yeah, they, they thought this through. <laughs> yeah. um, and so if it can't transform, this is going to kill you, uh, which is basically going to happen if it's a copy of it in some way. Like you clone it or if yeah, you make a frog yeah. token of it or whatever. Oh, weird. Um, so it, this might conceivably come up. If you copy the back face of a transforming double-faced card— that copy has a mana value of zero because it doesn't have a front face to refer back to. Right. Wow. <laughs> Whoa! I can't Great. believe it. I'm not, I'm not kidding I you. I love it. Everybody, this is the most complicated this show has ever been right off the bat. Not uh, kidding. It, yeah, well, mutate. This, well, this is mutate. Say, mutate yeah, was yeah, mutate, yeah, mutate was, was pretty Mutate's weird. the most me- complicated mechanic ever printed. This, this behaves really straightforwardly, like, Almost all of the time. Yeah, there's just some like, weird corner cases. It's just here. weird corner cases, and they have, and that's why they have some strange wordings in some of these cards. Yeah. Um, but you just had to put that frog token maker in the set. Didn't they? <laughs> well, they, but they make they put clones in every set. There's yeah, a clone in every true. set yeah, of magic. Like they were never going to get away from it. <laughs> um, so there's the other transforming stuff though. The new mechanic, daybound and nightbound. Yeah. Strap in. All it's right. Super cool. So let's look at a bunch of words. Uh, Tovalar Dire Overlord is, is green red one for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature human werewolf. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Right. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more wolves and or werewolves, it becomes night. Let's find out what that means in a bit. Uh, then transform any number of human werewolves you control. Uh, that last bit is specifically so that if you're using a mix of old and new Innistrad werewolves, you can transform the old Innistrad werewolves. Oh, cool. Um, you can change them to their werewolf side. Yeah. Um, Tovalar is daybound with no reminder text. Uh, this is one of the cards without reminder text on the ability because it's, because uh, it's a rare. Um, on the other side, he is Toval, uh, uh, Tovalar the Midnight Scourge. It's a 4-4 legendary creature werewolf. Most of the werewolves are human werewolves in the front and just werewolves in the back. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. A green, red, X, target wolf or werewolf you control gets plus X plus O and gains trample until end of turn. And Tovalar is nightbound. So, I'm warning you, I plan to mess up night, daybound, nightbound at least once. Um, the pre-release did it. it. It will happen. You will just not think it through correctly. Because this is a, a little bit strange of a mechanic. Yeah. So, Game starts. It's neither day nor night. You have a digital watch. It has no numbers on it. It's noon. Great. Nope. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a clock that isn't even right. I'm sorry. I'm not even. It's uh, noon. Noon, noon, is, noon day. is daytime. <laughs> noon is the, is right before it's. Wait, no. What time would that be? Actually, like six p.m. Like sunset. Sunset. You're yeah, twilight. Twilight. Sunset. Dusk. <laughs> All right, it's dusk. Yeah. Okay. So it's Thank a, you. A, the game is a digital watch. It has no time on it. We haven't set the time yet. Um. It, just like in it, in other games, there's the monarch. There's no monarch at the start of the game, yeah. right? Lawlessness. Um, <laughs> cards will make it day when they come out. Uh, some things will say if it isn't day or night, it becomes day. Uh, mm-hmm. In or anything that is day bound will make it day immediately when it comes out. Oh, so um, when I'm playing a, like a werewolf, for instance, on yep. the front face, which says day bound, yep. boom, it becomes day. It becomes day immediately. Okay. The wolf comes out and he brings the sun. I don't know why, <laughs> um, but yeah. he does. Uh, then the then day and night are part of the game, and even if everything on the battlefield that cares about day or night goes away, day and night will cycle okay. or change based on whether or not you do things. Yeah, um, day and night only care about the active player, the player whose turn it is. So if it's your turn, you can determine whether or not it will be day or night going forward. Um, 
when you change day or night, they change for everyone though. So if I do things that make day or night change, it changes for everyone at the table and all of the cards move in sync. So it's day or night is something which is true about the game. Yes, this is a this is a statement about the game. The game has gained a status, uh, whether or not whether or not it's day or night. <laughs> um, so if it is daytime and the active player does nothing, they just sit and like have a siesta, then it becomes night. They're like, I'm bored. Uh, we're going to close the shop. It's going to become night. They have cast no spells. They cast in other no words. spells. In other words, <laughs> uh, you can activate activated abilities, and it won't determine day or night. If it's your opponent's turn and you cast a bunch of spells, that's cool. You're not the active player. Only the active player spells uh, matter for day or night. And this is a change from yes, previous. Yes, this, this is a change from previous Innistrad. Um, then, if it is night and the active player casts two or more spells, so they get active and they run away from all these monsters, it will become day. When does this happen? During the untap step of the next turn. Before you untap permanence. Okay. Uh, it mostly doesn't matter that it happens before you untap permanence, but it could matter for whether or not your werewolves trigger an untap trigger or something. Um, the, the change happens during the untap step simultaneously for every permanent that changes day bound to night bound. Uh, when something says day bound, it is the day side during day times and night bound during night times. And that is constant. If you have something like like Tovalar here that says it becomes night, that makes every permanent on the battlefield its night side. Um, during that trigger, it just happens. Um, they just change their state. Um, if it is currently night and you play something that is that is daybound, nightbound, you cast it on its daybound side and it enters on the nightbound side. So it's always nightbound. Wow. Uh, you might look at it. Um, there's um, yeah. Tovalar's pack. Uh, there's a there's a green card that says when it transforms into this or it enters the battlefield and it's on the night side and it says this. And before I really understood the mechanic, I read this and I go, that's a that's a really weird thing to say about the back face of a double faced card. But it's because if it enters and it's already night, they want you to make two tokens. Gotcha. Um, so, question. Yeah. If I'm playing a werewolf that says day bound, and it's the first time anything like this has occurred, mm-hmm. I trigger day, and then the cycle yep. begins. It becomes days and enters However, the if it yes. is night, and I play a day bound werewolf, that does not change it, it to day. It does not change it to it day. It enters in at yep. night. It's, it's like, it's already night. I don't need to worry about, about what time it is. I'm just going to go with whatever time it is right okay. now. Okay, got it. Um, All right. So Wild. That is pretty it, weird. Yeah. And these can only be transformed by that day-night status changing. Okay. So um, if the, there's a there's a card from um, from Innistrad Moonmist that transforms all humans, uh, it can't trans. If it's daytime, it won't transform these human werewolves that are daybound. Gotcha. They, they can't, just can't be transformed. They're like my other side says night. I I can't. I can only be here during the day. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I cannot. I, look, I know you want me to wolf out right now, but I yeah, can't. Did, did, did you see the sun? Did you see the sun? Yeah. <laughs> so the, oh, that's very strange. Uh, there are also a number of cards that care about the day-night cycle, but aren't double-faced cards. Uh, this is actually my biggest beef with these, is they should have some ability word on them. Because it's really hard to refer to those cards as a group. Like, I'm saying that there are cards that care about day and night that aren't werewolves. Okay, yeah. how do I find them? Yeah. You have to search for, like, the word night on cards from Innistrad that don't say nightbound. Like, yeah. there, there should be something. Like the Celestis. Like the yeah, Celestis, Celestis cares. Can change day uh, there's, and night. A, there's, a, there's a red, white, um, uncommon that puts plus one, plus one counters when day, night changes. Oh, that, yeah, um, there's a card that pings when day, night yeah, changes. Yeah, there's a, there's a pinger. And, but the point being is that I, I don't have a good way to refer to these yeah. as a yeah. group. Um, I just want... To, to be able to refer to them easily. Um, so, yeah. impacts, by the way, you're going to get yeah. day-night token? Yeah, it will be a double-faced token. So, you're going to look at it, and you're going to say, well, I only got one for day. I opened six packs here at this pre-release, and none of them say night on them. <clears throat> Turn it over. Right. <laughs> like, it says night on the other side, so it transforms. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be a really, I, I don't know, this seems like kind of a tricky thing to keep it track is. of during uh, paper play. It, it is during paper play. It helps that it's only the active player. Yeah. So what what that oftentimes means is that the non-active player is going to spend a bunch of time paying attention to whether or not they cast two spells. Yeah. yeah. On the other player's turn. Um, note with Curse of Leeches, which is another weird one with this, it is daybound, nightbound. <clears throat> yeah, we talked about it on the show a yeah. couple, couple episodes ago. And the big deal is that it changes during the upkeep. Or not during the, before the upkeep, during the untap Untap. Step. And so it will ha- be around to trigger on untap. 
Uh, also, if anything triggers from the day-night change, like what, like the pinger or whatever, those trigger at the beginning of the untap step. The next time that it, basically you don't get priority during untap, they trigger during the beginning of the upkeep. Okay. Um, and they go on the stack at the same time as other beginning of upkeep triggers, so you get to pick the order okay. between them and upkeep triggers, just like you would with an upkeep trigger. Well, Woo, thank baby. God for Arena yeah, for tracking this for it, me. Arena will track all of this for you. It will be much, much easier. Jeez. Uh, but it, it, I think it's going to be pretty fun in paper play, especially considering that they got to actually build these cards with the expectation that only night sides fight night sides and day sides fight day sides, yeah. which is something they couldn't do in previous Innistrad, so they had to like figure out whether or not sometimes you'd engage one way or the other or whatnot. Right. So every regardless, you're never going to have day-bound creatures and <coughs> night-bound on the battlefield Correct. at the same time. They're all going to be one or the other. Correct. So if you run into a circumstance where you're like, I attack with like my my bird, my uh, my werewolf that likes, or my werewolf person that likes birds, they try to block with their night-bound thing. <laughs> I and know you're which like, you're talking I, I know. It, it, she's super cute. She has she a bird. birds. Oh, yeah. my werewolf person that likes birds. <laughs> uh, and that's, I don't remember these card names yet. I'll remember them in like two months. That's a great way um, to put it because I know yeah. which card you're talking about. Yep. And so, and they try to block with their night-bound werewolf and you're like, wait. Wait a this second. This doesn't work out. This can't it, be. It, this doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Great. Um, then there's, we're going to move on to the other weird double-faced mechanic because there's two weird double-faced mechanics in the yeah. set. Oh, boy. Uh, disturb. So you talked about this a little last week as well. Yeah. Um, so Chaplain of Alms here is a 1-1 one, one for single white. Human Cleric has first strike and ward one, and it has disturb of white and three. You may cast this card from your graveyard transformed for its disturb cost. We like to call disturb poke the ghost. Yeah, poke yeah. the ghost. If that you helps can you definitely remember. poke that ghost. And so... Uh, what they do is um, similar to something like Aftermath or similar to something like Eternalize you, or Flashback. These are these are flashbacking these creatures as a different form. So Chapel Shieldgeist is the other side of this. It is, it's a flying first strike that says each creature you control has Ward 1. And if Chapel Shieldgeist would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. Sorry, it's a 2-1 flying first strike with these. Hmm. So this, I, I actually think this That's is pretty good. That's a good, good card, um, yeah. It, so the, the big deal with this is... You play it as the other face using the disturb cost. So you pay the disturb cost and you're casting Chapel Shieldgeist via disturb. And it's actually casting it. It goes in the stack. They can counter that spell. Chapel Shieldgeist says if Chapel Shieldgeist would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile instead. So if they counter this spell, it's exiled. <laughs> because yeah. the Chapel Shieldgeist in the stack goes to the graveyard from the stack. Um, if it goes to the graveyard from the battlefield, it's also exiled. Note, though, that's only... If it goes to the graveyard, if it goes anywhere else, unlike flashback, it does not care. <laughs> so if you bounce oh. a chapel shield geist or flicker a chapel, a chapel shield geist, you get back. Uh, you, you've unlocked it, basically. Um, I have a question. Yeah. That's strange that that's different that's from very fl weird. Than yep. flashback. Why is that? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I, I frankly, they could have said that. They could have put if it would go to anywhere but exile from the battlefield or stack. That would have been a fine line to put on it. But they didn't. They decided that you can bounce this card and run it again. If you bounce it, it goes back. It goes your to your hand as the front face. Yeah, Everything is the front face in okay. every zone except the stacker battlefield. That's right. And gotcha. so, all right. The interesting. Uh, the other thing with it is that it does look at the mana value of the front face, like mm -hmm. other transforming double faced cards. So this, the Chapel Shield guys does have a mana value of one from Chaplain of Arms on the front, and the it's casting it. It's so you are actually casting. It's not an activated ability. That's another thing with flashback that people get wrong a lot. They're like, can I Pithing Needle flashback? Pithing Needle's in the set. You can name those cards with Pithing Needle. Arena probably won't question it. Probably be like, yeah, you want to... Sure, you yeah, want, go you for it, man. Chapel Shield, guys? Don't care. Uh, <laughs> it's not my problem. Yeah, it yeah, <laughs> doesn't do anything. Um, it, it, it is actually casting the spell. It's not, not an activated ability. Um, so you can meddling mage it. Curse of Silence in this set. Let's you Curse name the card silence. to increase the, the mana value. You must name the back face in order to do that. All right. So uh, be aware. Um, question. Yes. So when Chapel Shieldgeist is on the stack, I've cast it for its disturb cost three and a white. Yes. Is it disdainful strokeable? No, because okay. it has the it mana has value. value. Yeah, it has one. the mana value of one Great. from the front face. Just double checking. Um, if it had a mana value of four on the front face, it would be disturbed. Yes. Like there, I Great. believe that there are some bigger disturbed things. Yeah, yeah there are. In the set. Yeah. So be aware, your opponent's going to be flashing stuff back from the graveyard and then trying to bounce it to their hand. There's Wonderful. like three bounce spells in the set. Yeah. So uh, just, it's a thing that'll come up. And be then prepared. there's a, like offensive bounce spells too, where you're like, 
like make a zombie and put their card on the top or the bottom of the library. Chapel Shield guys is like, cool, send me to the top of the library. I'll be a dude um, again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'll take another pass through this. <laughs> Reincarnation. Resurrect me, baby. Yep. <laughs> uh, the other new one, Coven. So uh, let's look at Ritual of Hope here. It's white and one for an instant. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Coven. If you control three or more creatures with different powers, creatures you control get plus two, plus one until end of turn instead. And I have Contortionist tro- uh, Troop in here. I'll come back to them in a second. So Coven, it's an ability word. The word Coven doesn't do anything. It's just what I want on the day-night stuff to tie it all together. Um, it's just a way to tie the, the mechanic together. It means if you have three creatures with different powers, do something. Um, there's like four kinds of Coven effects, which is a little weird, but it's it makes sense. Some things with Coven are on spells. So just like Ritual of Hope here, it's on a spell. It upgrades the spell during during the casting or during the resolution if you have three different powers while it's resolving. Uh, some things with Coven are on activated abilities. If they're an activated ability, they care at the time that you activate the ability and then don't care if things change or one of your creatures dies with it on the stack. Some of these are triggers. Um, contortionist, trope ha- a troop, bleh, contortionist Troop has a triggered Coven ability. Uh, it's green and X for a 0-0 creature human. It enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. Coven, at the beginning of your end step, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. So this triggered ability has a time and it has a, a board state that it wants to trigger from, basically. If you hit the time and the board state is true, the trigger goes in the stack and it picks a target. Then they can kill one of your creatures in response to remove your coven. It is an intervening if clause. It says, it, it, which... It, I it, love intervening yeah. if. I, 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 <laughs> really, I think they're really good. Um, so this checks both at the time the trigger tries to go on the stack and at the time the trigger tries to resolve, basically. And so it'll it'll try to resolve and it'll say, hey, this isn't true anymore, dude. You don't, you're not getting your counter. Sorry, man. Yep. Not happening. Um, I gotta say, I love learning about intervening if clauses in high school English. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I've mentioned before, uh, magic isn't written in English. It's written in an English-adjacent yes. language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the, the specific, the specific um, at the beginning of your end step, if this thing is true, do this thing, is an intervening if trigger. Uh, so, it won't even trigger at all if the condition isn't true, and then it checks again on resolution. Great. Um, so the, those coven triggers end up being being something that you can break up, basically. So, for example, with that with that instant spell, I cast it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get my opponent. I'm going to yep. get plus two, plus one. That, In response, yes. my opponent kills one of my kills creatures. Your creatures. It checks on resolution, and then it, it'll only give plus one, plus one. Wow, like, wow. Luckily, Sorry, luckily, Ritual of Hope is like the delta is not very large no. between the <laughs> between the modes, but there's somewhere the the green one for draw a card, which will talk about later uh it's a pretty big deal um and the other new mechanic decayed so jadar ghoul caller of nephalia black and one for a one one legendary creature human wizard he says at the beginning of your end step if you control no creatures with decayed create a two two black zombie creature token with decayed reminder text it it can't block when it attacks sacrifice at the end of combat so decayed's a new static ability that does two things it says continuously this creature can't block, and then it sets up a trigger that if this creature ever attacks at the at the next end of combat step, sacrifice it. Yeah. So the the one thing to know about Decade, it looks really straightforward, and it is. And the, but the question comes up a bunch: Can I attack with the creature, deal damage, and then sacrifice it before Decade sacrifices it? And yeah, you actually get two chances to do this. You can do it during combat. After combat damage happens, there's a you get priority in the combat damage step. Or you can put the decayed trigger on the stack, respond to it, and sacrifice it. Great. All right. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch Sick. of things that sacrifice creatures. It's really good to just like chip in with a zombie. They're like, I'm not gonna block that. And then they take two and then you ship the zombie to something to you know draw cards or gain life or whatever. Yeah. Sick. All right, that's some sweet tech, everybody, that you can look pretty sweet at if yeah, you can look smart. doing. <laughs> uh-huh. Look smart with your friends. Listen to this show. <laughs> Thank you for our new tagline, Rob. Yeah. So that's all. Look at all new and returning mechanics. Yeah. Um, that was a lot. Yep. Just going to put that out there, they, everybody. They, they've been all raising right. the complexity on, on sets. Yes, yeah. they have. Uh, over time. And so I hope that they call things back. I'm really looking forward to Kamigawa where they decide that 
cards should be bad and shouldn't have any words in them again. (laughs) (laughs) So take a stretch break from all of that, (laughs) from all of that stuff. Okay. And now we're going to talk about individual cards, which might be a little tricky. Individual cards that you're going to run into that you might have problems with. Yeah. So crawl from the cellar. Uh, This one's going to, like, I predict that people are going to get gotten by this. So especially on arena, which won't let you do this wrong. Uh, so it's single black for sorcery. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target zombie you control. Flashback, black and three. Okay. This card's great. I, I really, really like this raised dead that gives counters, right? You cannot cast this if you don't have creatures in your graveyard. It's the, the creature component is not, or the return of creature component is not optional. You can't pay single black to give a zombie a plus one plus one counter. Yeah. If you don't have something yeah. in the graveyard. Yeah. So... Uh, very relevant to there's a bunch of zombies in this set and you're going to want to be like, well, I need to get over in combat. They have a two, two. I have a two, two. I want to give a counter. Can't do it. If you don't have something in the graveyard to return, you must return. So yeah, not just a combat trick, everybody. Okay. I mean, it's a sorcery, so it's not really a combat combat trick that you see coming, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Harvest tide century here. Harvest tide century is green and one for a three, one human warrior coven. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, Harvest Tide Sentry can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less this turn. So the this is kind of a fourth-ish kind of coven trigger. This coven trigger happens and it sets up, it, there's some that grant abilities, there's this one that just sets up a how to block or not on Harvest Tide Sentry until end of turn. Once it's resolved, you can change powers on your creatures. You can make them bigger, you can make them smaller, they can kill a creature, it doesn't matter. Harvest Tide Sentry, for the remainder of the turn, as long as that trigger resolved and actually did its thing, can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Yeah. So it's like, I can't be blocked. You can mess around with Covenant stuff now. That's yeah. fine. Whatever. I've, it's still true that I can't be blocked. Yeah, it's it, it, it's still true. And the, like, there's one that gives lifelink. There's another gives trample. Like, they, there's all sorts of Coven abilities. Locked in the cemetery. Uh, this is autobiographical about me sticking my head through a Oh two yeah. Iron bars once. Oh, um, I thought you were going to say when you got trapped trapped in that freezer container. No, 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 no. I this is I went to the <laughs> science museum and they had like wrought iron bars and I stuck my head through and I had big ears. And so I was trapped like this. Great. So Great. that's um the least surprising thing I've ever heard. <laughs> considering only considering the other stories that you yes. told us about your past. I Rob nearly died 500 times. I, a lot of times. I've got many almost died stories. This wasn't an almost died. This was a, they had to like butter my head story. So I like did not they, butter your head? And they greased it. So I could, they could, had to tuck my ears back and fold me out. And it, it just don't, it, look, okay. All right. Locked in the cemetery. Blue and one. Enchantment, aura, enchant creature. When locked in the cemetery enters the battlefield, if there are five or more cards in your graveyard, tap enchanted creature. Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. So um, locked in the cemetery, you play it. Trigger goes in the stack when it enters the battlefield. That trigger only taps it if the condition is true on resolution. They can respond by exiling cards in your graveyard. <laughs> There's multiple instant speed exile effects in the set. That's funny. So they can, they can get you. And then their creature doesn't become tapped. And they can use it to block for a while. And probably attack with it once. <laughs> Pax Betrayal. This one's a true story from my life. You got betrayed by a pack? Like a, like cigarettes? No, no, she just opened a pack oh, and it wolves. just sucked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean. We made three different pack jokes there within I five wow. seconds. It was, that's the kind of quality you get. We covered the span of pack yes. jokes. All right. So, red and two, sorcery. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. If you control a wolf or werewolf, scry two. So, if you don't have any werewolves and you take a werewolf with Pax Betrayal, you get to scry. Because you do the things in order, you take the werewolf. Now you control a wolf, wolf or werewolf, so you get to scry too. Great. Uh, Might of the Old Ways. Green and one, instant. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Coven. Then if you control three or more creatures with different powers, draw a card. Mm-hmm. So Might of the Old Ways, again, does it things in order. If you have a... Two different two twos and a one one, and you might have the old ways the two two. It'll change to a four power creature, and then you'll have three different powers. So with three different powers, you get to draw a card. So use the the power as modified by might of the old ways to figure out whether or not coven happens. So right. plan ahead for your covening experience. Your covening. So this is an example. This is an instant. Yep. Of okay, I've got a four four two two and a one one. Yep. They kill the two two after I've made a four four. No no card. 
if they kill the tutu in response to you casting the spell. Okay. Um, so they, they can't respond in the middle of Might of the right. Ways, right? Right. So so I I have a two two a two two twos and a one one. I target a two two with Might of the Old Ways. They kill the other two two for some inexplicable reason, and <laughs> I. <laughs> They, right. It's a better creature. I picked. I picked You're right. Okay. I, I might have the old ways to decayed zombie to punch through some damage, but I have a two two with abilities over okay, here. Yes, I'm just right. describing a sure. scenario that just would yes. not happen. Yeah, it, it, so this could mind. happen. I could. I could see it happening. Absolutely. Um, and so then they kill the other two two because that way I don't get my coven trigger. Because yep. a, I won't have three different creatures. You need at least three creatures to trigger coven, and you need to have at least three different powers amongst those creatures. Uh, defend the Celestis. Green, green, two for an instant. Distribute three plus one plus one counters amongst one, two, or three target creatures you control. Oh, auto covenant in a card. Yeah, covenant in a can. Covenant in a can. There we yep. go. So defend the Celestis is really cool. Um, it targets up to three things, and you distribute the counters while you're targeting. So they will know which of your creatures is getting two counters and which is getting one if you're only hitting two creatures with this. And so they get to kill your creatures appropriately. Gotcha. Um, you're going to get something defenestrated in response to this, like, all of the time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, but is it an instant? It is an instant, and it, I have no idea how I ever win a combat against this card, by the way. Yeah, like, it's spooky. Yeah. Be, pre- be prepared. If your opponent attacks in with green, green, two open. Yeah. If they go to block you with green, green, two open, you probably shouldn't be attacking them. <gasps> yep. Yeah, and that's a uncommon, so yeah. you're going to see it. The uncommons in the set are bonkers. No. I, they're really good. Uh, so Voldaren Ambusher. Red and two. For a 2-2 Vampire Archer, when Voldarna Ambusher enters the battlefield, if an opponent lost life this turn, it deals X damage to up to one target creature or planeswalker, where X is the number of vampires you control. It's locked in during the resolution of the trigger. They can kill a vampire in response, and your targeting is locked in because that the trigger's target goes in the stack right away. So you can target their 2-2, they kill one of your vampires, and you only deal one damage. Yeah. The flavor text on that card, by the way. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a solid one-word flavor text. I feel like they burnt it. I don't think this card's good enough to deserve a one-word flavor text. Yeah, but I have enough. opinions about how— You do have yeah. opinions about this. Um, so Curse of Silence. Single white enchantment or a curse. Uh, enchant player. As Curse of Silence enters the battlefield, choose a card name. Spells with the chosen name enchanted player cast cost two more to cast. Whenever enchanted player casts a spell with the chosen name, you may sacrifice Curse of Silence. If you do, draw a card. Uh, as we mentioned with Disturb cards, you have to name the back face in order to get it. Same with modal double face cards, which are still on standard. You, if you want to stop Turn Timber Symbiosis from being cast, you must name Turn Timber, Symbi- Turn Timber Symbiosis. Gotcha. Up it's, it's up its cost. You can't name Turn Timber the... Land. The land, yeah. Um, so <laughs> Iconic card name, Turn, Turn Timber, Timber the Land. The land. Yeah, I, like, it, it, adding twice as many names to these sets has made it... Twice as hard to remember what the heck any of these cards are. Especially when I only want to cast the spell and I just do not care about that land on the other side. doesn't exist. But remember, if it is clear which card you mean to say, that's okay. If you're you're like, I want to name Turn Timber, whatever, the green spell that's in the back of the double-faced mythic land that makes you pay three life. I want to name the spell that's on the other side of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, except the turn timber symbiosis in the front, but whatever. Yeah. Um, But you'd have to name the particular side of a double-faced card for it to matter for it. Um, Sigardus Splendor, White White 2, Enchantment. Uh, this card is designed for Arena. and I, oh. Okay, as it enters the battlefield, <laughs> note your life total. At note it. Yeah, write it down. Write down that number. Noted. Then, at the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card if your life total is greater than or equal to the last noted life total for Sigardus Splendor. Then, note your life total. Write it down again. Whenever you cast a white spell, you gain one life. <laughs> so what this is doing, like the, the high level view, what this is doing is if you netted life in the last turn cycle, if your life total increased, you get to draw a card. Uh, that's what it wants to do. And then whenever you cast a white spell, you gain a life so that you have a way to gain life okay. off of the card as well. Um, this is going to be really annoying to track in paper. Do write it down. Don't use a D20 or whatever. You're going to bump it and be like, was my Cigar to Splendor on 17 or 16? <laughs> like, your opponent's like, that's not my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they'll be like, look, that look, your man, job. Uh, look, yeah, it's your job. I think you were at 17, so you don't get to draw a card. <laughs> if you're asking me, I'm going to yeah, pick the one where you don't I draw pick, cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this art is great, though. Oh, I, yeah. I love this no, art. It's, it's really, Gorgeous. really good art. It's Howard Leone, who's yeah. Oh, yeah. phenomenal. Classic. Big like, time. Like, so much good stuff from Altered him. Altered cards, my boggles, like, no big deal. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I, I'm going to tell a very brief Howard Lehman yeah. story because we have oh, the, yes. big yeah, you have the big banner art. Um, my significant other came to help move the air conditioner. <laughs> okay. Um, does, he's played a little arena, but yep. has otherwise not played much magic. And we're and we're leaving, and he goes, "What's what's Howard Leon?" And I was like, "Oh, it's it's the artist who painted who painted that cat." And he goes, "Oh, I thought it was the cat's name." <laughs> <laughs> so now that cat is Howard. Is Howard. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's Howard out there, really everybody. We've, we've named you after your creator. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, and everyone great. knows the famous cat, Howard Leon. Howard <laughs> Leon, <laughs> that cat. That cat. So that that cat painted a really good angel. Yes, yeah. as, as I have to <laughs> it. That cat painted a great angel. Anyways, uh, let's so keep moving. Anyways, smoldering egg. A uh, smoldering egg <laughs> is really cool. It's red and one for an O four defender. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a number of ember counters on smoldering egg equal to the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Then if Smoldering Egg has seven or more Ember counters on it, remove them and transform Smoldering Egg. Oh, yeah. it needs the embers to hatch. It needs yep. to get nice and warm. Yep, it's dragon in the egg. Just like Thing in the Ice that you always knew and loved. Thing <laughs> in yes. the Ice, dragon in the egg. <laughs> yes. Uh, so on the other side is Ashmouth Dragon, 4-4 four, four flying. When you cast no instant or sorcery, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Ashmouth Dragon deals two damage to any target. I love this egg. I want to hatch it. Yep. Um, and so... Thing in the Ice is, doesn't care about how big of a spell you cast, right? It cares that you cast four of them. Um, on the flip side, Smoldering Egg cares about what you actually spend on your spells. So it cares about the actual mana that you spend. This makes a difference for Flashback, right? Because if you if your Flashback spell costs blue, blue, and five on the back, it will flip the egg on its own. Because gotcha. you have to pay that actual mana. So it cares about the mana that you pay. If your card has Delve, like, say, Dig Through Time, and you delve away five cards and you pay two blue mana, you only paid two blue mana. Yeah. Gotcha. And so you didn't yeah. you didn't pay mana. You paid cards for that spell. All right. Um, so this will this will only trigger based or only remove counters based on the actual mana that you spend. If you cast the spell for free, it doesn't matter how much it costs. You don't care. It doesn't yeah. care. All right. This next card reminds me of Hanweir. Yes. The Writhing Township. Yeah, it, I think that it's how probably how Hanware always should have been because that card is really hard to put together. Um, I've tried, but um, so hostile, hostile. Um, <laughs> they they, they did the, this on purpose. They get the Crimby already. I'm calling it best card name, Crimby. Yep. They, no, this is yeah. this is such a good card name. I love both halves of this. The, so the hostile, hostile is a land that taps for um, <laughs> taps for a mana or for a colorless mana. Um, one generic tap and sacrifice a creature, put a soul counter on it. Then if there are three or more soul counters on it, remove those counters, transform it, then untap it. Activate this ability only as a sorcery. All right. That's straightforward. Yep. The other side is creeping in. Uh, it's an artifact it. creature horror construct. Um, whenever creeping in attacks, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the number of creature cards exiled with creeping in. And then for four mana... Creeping in phases out. It's a three seven. It's a three seven Spooky. that then like domes them repeatedly based on eating your creatures. This card is phasing. Weird. Yeah, yeah it's random. Like, yeah, they said that they, they said that they were going to make phasing like evergreenish, and I don't know why. Yeah, and they, they put it on this that. card, yeah. and th this specifically has phasing because if you did the flicker effect, so double faced cards, if you flicker them, um, it, or transforming double faced cards come back on their front face, except for daybound, nightbound ones. Yeah. Um, so if they made this flicker itself to save itself, it would come back and then you have to restart eating people at your murder hotel. Like, <laughs> uh, and so some of my favorite lyrics from Hotel California. Yeah. You, yeah eating it, people it, at your murder hotel. Eating people hotel. at your murder hotel. The Eagles were pressing it. Yeah, they like, really were. They, they really were. So the, the thing with phasing, uh, this doesn't explain phasing and it doesn't want to explain phasing. Uh, what phasing does you know, you is know. it says this thing pretends it doesn't exist <laughs> until the beginning of its controller's next on tap step. So at the same time as you cha would change daybound, nightbound, this will suddenly exist again. Yeah. Um, it doesn't leave the battlefield. It doesn't enter the battlefield. It just says, ignore me. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. And it's going to yeah. ignore everything, ignore yeah, And it ignores everything else. Uh, the, uh, phasing technically says, treat it as if it, as if it didn't exist until that time. <laughs> um, so That's got to be like my yeah. favorite official. Like, yeah, it's, just it's, treat it's, it like it, it doesn't yeah, exist. Pretend that isn't there. Like, uh, uh, how, how I've heard people describe it is put a cup over it. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's uh, not there. Uh, it'll, it'll, it, it might be relevant to you someday. Um, so this is something that phases, that it, you pay mana to phase it out, and then it comes back during your next untap step. 
Great. If you skip your untap step, it never comes back. <laughs> That's not true. It doesn't come back until you next get an <laughs> okay, untap step. So okay, if somebody okay. makes you skip your untap step, it'll stay phased out until you actually get an untap step. I love this Great. card. I want to yeah. open it. <laughs> uh, Puppet Stitcher. Puppet Stitcher is blue and two for a two three human wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with Decayed. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more creature tokens, you may transform Poppet Stitcher. On the backside, he is a Poppet Factory. <laughs> uh, it's blue artifact. Creature tokens you control lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 3-3. Three, three. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may transform Poppet Factory. So he turns into a giant machine that changes your decayed zombies into 3-3s. Three, and they they lose all abilities, so they don't have decayed. Oh, nice. wild. Um, that's the goal. So they don't lose types, though. So this is an interesting thing. If you have a, say, a zombie master that gives your zombies swamp walk and a puppet factory, would you expect the zombies to have swamp walk or not? The, the, the zombie tokens. Oh. Um, when they, did they get swamp walk? Uh, the zombie master came out first. Then the Poppet Factory transformed, or he transformed into Poppet Factory the next turn. But, but he came I, out before the Zombie Master. He came out, then Zombie Master came out, then he transformed the next turn. Oh, boy. Uh, so, okay, so, all right. They, um, they the, wait. The, the, the Poppet Stitcher came out. Then okay. Zombie Master came out the next turn. Yep. Okay. Then the turn after that, he transformed into Poppet Factory. Okay. Um, Do they have Swamp Walk? Uh, and it says zombies you control have swamp walk. It says zombies have swamp walk. It zombies have swamp walk. Yep. Yes. Finally. <laughs> Rob's looking you at me. You want to dispute? Okay, I'll say no, finally. Okay. <laughs> so the, the, the answer is that they would have, or the, sorry, that they would not have swamp walk because Poppet okay, Factory sets it. its timestamp bakes on the transformation. So the time that you transform this determines when the lose all abilities kicks in. Okay. So if if I transform into Poppet Factory and then play a Zombie Master, Zombie Master came after oh, the transformation. Oh yeah, they lose all abilities. They lose okay. all abilities, so they yep. would lose that Swamp yep. Walk. Okay. Um. So it's it's purely timestamp driven for this. It's just like if you have, uh, so the card Miss Dragon has zero Miss Dragon gains flying or zero Miss Dragon loses flying. Gotcha. The latest one wins. Right. Yeah. And so the the Poppet Factory, the it sets its whether or not it's latest based on the transformation time. Okay. Specifically, not. I love timestamp yeah. stuff. It doesn't it doesn't do it based on Poppet Stitcher entering the battlefield, but it's based on transforming into Poppet Factory. Gotcha. Great. <laughs> Great. I, I yep. love this pop quiz. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Um, and this can come up on Arena and probably in Standard. I'd have to look at. Well, there's certainly ways to give tokens abilities. There's all sorts yeah. of ways to give yeah. these abilities. So. The, the the newest effect wins on those, basically. Gotcha. Um, Arlen, the Pax Hope. Green, red, two for a legendary planeswalker, Arlen. Really happy about a four-mana Arlen again. I may yeah. actually get to cast this spell. Um, Arlen on the front is daybound, and she has a plus one. Until your next turn, you may cast creature spells as though they had flash, and each creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. Then she has minus three, create two, two, two green wolf creature tokens. Really good. Great. Yeah, she's great. On her other side, the Nightbound side, she is Arlen the Moon's, Moon's Fury. Plus two to add green-red. And zero to, until end of turn, Arlen the Moon's Fury becomes a 5-5 five, five werewolf creature with trample, indestructible, and haste. So there's two different ways that, thing, that planeswalkers can turn into creatures. There's the Gideon way, which is he stays a planeswalker and becomes indestructible. And also prevents all damage to himself. Then there's the Sarkin and now Arlen way of doing it, which is they stop being a planeswalker. Yeah, Arlen can't be hit with things that say destroy target planeswalker. She, if you damage her, she does not lose loyalty counters. She still has loyalty counters. They're just sitting there, not really doing anything. Yeah, gotcha. because she's already activated a loyalty ability. Okay. Um, she animates to become a werewolf and is not is not a planeswalker during that time period. So while she's a werewolf, you can't uh, you can defenestrate her. She isn't indestructible, or she is indestructible. She yeah. gains trampling and destructible. You cannot defenestrate. You cannot defenestrate. Her. You cannot throw you this werewolf out of yeah. window. Dare yeah, and Arlen Ar Ar doesn't hold truck with getting defenestrated. She's not a fan. <laughs> um, but if she didn't have indestructible, you could. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because she's just a creature. I um, like this way better. Yeah. There, this I is a pretty. It. This is so. The thing is that this is kind of like the the master of flowers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who stops being a planeswalker? So it's it's in the similar kind of vein of like, yeah, she's just going to be a creature for a little while. Yeah. 
Oh, look, it's our preview card, Yeah, Megan. the spectral adversary. This Gold also brand. has facing on it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, spectral adversary is a is blue and one for a 2-1 spirit with flash and flying. When spectral adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay blue and one any number of times. When you pay this cost one or more times, put that many plus one plus one counters in spectral adversary, then up to that many other target artifacts, creatures, and or enchantments phase out. If you phase out your stuff, it comes back on your next on tap. If you phase out your opponent's stuff, it comes back on their on tap. Yes, gotcha. And on top of this, the adversaries are all cool and weird. They look a lot like they have multi-kicker. They do not have multi-kicker. <laughs> uh, they won't trigger things that care about kicker. Halar the Fire Fletcher is a legendary creature that cares about kicking spells. He will not see the adversaries. Yeah. If you flicker one of these, then you get to get their trigger again because it enters the battlefield trigger. Oh, so, so if you, all right. Yeah, or if you put them directly onto the battlefield with something. Oh, that's so pretty like, sweet. Like say that you have a, um, a collective company. Aether Vial. Yeah, Aether Vial will do it with no mana, which lets you make there it higher. Yeah. Um, it also lets you interact favorably with counter spells because you cast it for blue and one and you don't have to tap any mana for that trigger when you cast it. You're just like, cast Spectral Adversary and then look at your opponent. And, and, and they have this problem. So, <laughs> yeah. so if, they, if they want to, if they want to um, cast a spell that makes you pay, that counter it, let's pay more, they want to mana leak it. it, pay three or else it's countered. If you have the mana, you can just pay for it then you get an adversary. Yeah, and if they don't counter it, well, then you get your adversary trigger, and you get to do some stuff with it. Um, Sick. And so, you, like, they they just reward you for bringing a bunch of mana up while you cast them. Nice. And there is a mana leak in this set. There's a three mana mana leak that makes them pay four and makes a decayed zombie, if I remember right. Okay. Something I like that. Believe you. Yeah. There's there's some kind of up taxing counter spell in this set. Yeah. Well, Rob, wow. that was a wonderful <laughs> walkthrough, a journey. <laughs> We've well, all like, been totally. on a road trip. Yep. Together. I feel like I've been on a haunted hayride. <gasps> oh, haunted hayrides. Oh, like that phantasmal carriage? That card's. Oh my gosh, cool. phantasmal <laughs> carriage. Let's call it haunted hayride. Yeah, haunted and it's hayride. pulled by two ghost horses that are yeah. very majestic ghost steeds. I am super, super stoked for this set. This seems like a really awesome environment to play in. We're yeah. number one, we're triggering rotation, okay? We're super excited for new standard and stuff. Number yeah. two, this seems like a sweet limited set. Yeah. Phantom um, Carriage, yeah. Yeah, Phantom Carriage. That, that's a haunted hate ride there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've already said that Defenestrate is his nickname is called Yeet, and that yep. is now called Haunted Hate Ride. Yep. Yeah. That's canon. Makes sense to me. Say it at your pre-release. <laughs> Everyone, right. it is time for the most looked forward to segment in Good, Good Luck High Five history, which is Cutest and Grossest Card. All right. Well, there's literally no question on Earth about which is the grossest card. It's Curse of Surveillance. It just is. Yep. It is. It's gross. Let's never talk about it ever again. Ever. We don't need to say, look at it. Maybe Arena could forget the art and put Fibblethip in there instead and be like, oh, <laughs> yep. no, we lost this art. I'm just saying, Arena, anyone. The, you're going to, like, this is really rough for you, too, because it's a blue card that makes you draw a card every one of your opponent's upkeeps. And I want, yes, I want to do yeah. that. Oh, sad. But so I'm just saying. That if anyone out there is listening who can misplace the digital art for this on Arena, maybe you could consider doing that. I, putting it out there. There is so many options, oh too, God. for grossest oh. card in this set. There's lots of gross stuff going there on. There is a lot yeah. of gross stuff, but it is, a lot of gross stuff. it is unquestionably. It is, it is a laser targeted on you. Laser yes. target. Yep. It is. Megan, do you think somebody on the inside headed out for you to print this card? Yeah, I feel I, I feel personally targeted. attacked. I feel yes, personally attacked. I saw a photo from the artist of like their mock-up to do this, where they just took googly eyes and they stuck them on their hand. Oh my god! And then just laid it on top of like a half blue sheet of paper, half brown. That's funny, amazing. That's <laughs> like, it's, it's really good modeling, and I'm like, yeah. that's not gross. That's just googly no. eyes on a hand. No, I'm it's fine with that. That's right. cool. No you problem. Know what? If they had drawn that, oh no, I would have been fine <laughs> yep. with it. There's so many kinds. Okay, there's so many different like sh sizes of eyeball. So like, yeah. Okay. No, I... <laughs> We're done. Okay. Yeah. Moving, moving on. on. Let's stop. Moving on. Cutest card. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we have cute cards in the set, despite yeah. the fact that there's yeah. a lot of gross cards. Yes. Uh, let's award our runners up, shall we? I'm going to give a run runner up ribbon to um, what is my handwriting here? Oh, Crossroads Candle Guide, which is a man with a little, it's a little pumpkin head scarecrow that's guarding the crossroads wearing a little pumpkin on its head. And I just wanted to call it out and say, It's cute. That's cute. Yeah. Pumpkin head's yeah. kind of yeah. cute. Um, I agree. 
We're going to give a runner-up ribbon as well to Death Bonnet Sprout, which oh, Rob yeah. brought up, yep, yep. which is a cute little mushroom, which transforms. And Rob, what did you say? You were like, it's, you get twice yeah. the cuteness? Yeah, because both sides are cute. It's both twice as cute, and it's cute. twice as much cute art as a normal cute card. So yeah. there you go. Very cute. Well done, Death Bonnet Sprout. Also a cute name for a card. Yes. And I know people are going to tell me this, so I'm going to call it out now. Morning Patrol. Uh, give that a ribbon because the art is not cute, but however, the story of the card is very cute where the person oh. dies and the doggy still can see yeah, them. Yeah, that's so sad. As a oh, yeah. They came so back for their dog. Sad. That's really good, actually. <laughs> Look at that good dog. Oh. So I just want to say you're a really good dog and thank you what a good dog. for this cute slash sad story. This next um, award um, is going to be controversial. Because here we go. It's time for cutest card. So runner-up is a card that many of you thought I probably would choose as cutest card, which is Can't Stay Away. Maria, you're telling me you didn't pick Can't Stay Away? When I tell she you what, one. The dog that, she didn't pick the master that came back for his dog. You think she's going to pick cats that come back? Here's the thing. Cats are normally an auto win. And I just want to say that, you know, yes, I will more likely than not choose a cat if it's in the set. I'm However, so I just want to take a moment and be like, it's not going to be every time. You can't just get my cutest card vote just because you're a cat. You're just doing this. You're just doing this. Like, do you know what, Maria? What I hear you saying is that in your heart, this is the cutest card, but you're just trying to be unpredictable. You're trying to stick it to the man. Okay. I think she. I think she's trying to say that she, she, she can't be the most popular, Ugh. right? She has to be counterculture. <laughs> yes. Well, the, when you Ugh. see what I've chosen, you'll understand. Will because I? I have already called this card cute without ever knowing it was that I thought it was a different card. Here's the, okay, I'll explain myself. The card is, congratulations to Nebelgast Intruder. You are the cutest card from Innistrad Midnight Hunt. And this, you'll understand because it is the pet on Arena that I loved so much. Yeah. The little spooky ghost with its lantern. Yeah, we, I'm so mad. We thought it was our preview card, but we were wrong. It's this card, Nebelgast Intruder. Look at it, smiling little creep face, holding its little creep lantern with his little spindly stick arm. I mean, come on, I've already called a, I gave cutest card to which set was it? Which is essentially this card. Yeah, uh, it was to, the, to the previous Innistrad. It right? was like the little blanket, floating blanket with the lantern. Earthwall Illuminator. Yeah, <laughs> Earthwall Illuminator. <laughs> yeah. So yep, if you're wow. a floating thing with a lantern, you might win cutest card. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm I, so. I, I would be. Mad. So I'd be less unhappy if you would have chosen Unblinking Observer, which is just a. No, it's a cute it's little homunculus. He's like all it. eyes oh, for his books. No, right? One big eye. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. Wow. But I wow. love. I love this arena pet, and I just don't know if I'll ever switch off it because I love it so much. So you, you don't need to do the things that you like to do. Just don't impose your cutest card, like <laughs> tyranny on the world. Tyranny. That's it the point of the segment, tyranny. Rob. This set is tyranny. <laughs> I mean, this segment is tyranny. I literally appointed myself cutest card judge. And I, I no mean, I, I mean, fair. One woman, one vote. But yeah. still, <laughs> appalling. I have. I am appalled. Uh, team Neville Gas, everybody. Judge Rob, thank you so much for You're being welcome. here. I'm so sorry it had to end like this. <laughs> well, I'll probably be back. <laughs> We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. There might be a day when Judge Rob is like, it's gone too far. <laughs> I have limits. Let's say thank you to our other great sponsor, Ultra Pro. Yes. Are you ready to celebrate spooky season with some spooky double-sided playmats? Yes, I am. Then they have got you covered. Yeah. If you're like, why, why would I only want one side of transform art? Exactly. Do you know what? You wouldn't. You want both sides want on a playmat that you can just flip back and forth and back and forth. Pro has always got the newest art released, even mm -hmm. before the, like, the cards are released. Yes. Before the set comes out, they're like, oh, do you, do you want to see that amazing Equinox art of... Ugh. Of Arlen Cord. Yes, I do. Thank you. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah, they've got all the stuff. If you love the art from the Secret Layers, they've also got that on all of their mm -hmm. play mats. They've got deck boxes. They've got card sleeves also with this art. We love celebrating magic art on Good Luck High Five, and Ultra yes. Pro also does. And we're so happy that they celebrated on their products. Yeah. So we've got a link for you to go to Ultra Pro to buy all your stuff. It's in our show notes. Use that. It's our affiliate link, and get whatever your magical little heart desires. Thank you for so much for listening to our show. Megan and I were just reminiscing about her grossest card pick. Whoa. It's, it's real bad, everybody. Uh, real bad. 
crossing the line. <laughs> someone someone asked me on Twitter if it was worse than magnifying glass, and the answer is decidedly yes. Yeah, it is. Although magnifying glass still disgusting, still bad, still awful. I didn't. Do you know what? I've gone so long without thinking about that. I card. knew. I knew it, it was just going to bring it all back for you. And it, I was like, oh yeah, we watched. Um, we watched a scary movie. Not that. Oh, we watched Slither. Oh yes. Um, and that's when I realized. I think that if I had to pick my least favorite kind of horror because it's the most awful to me, it's yeah. like it's like body body horror, horror for sure. Absolutely, hundred percent. It's like me too. It's too. It's too much. Like, I can't enjoy body horror movies because it's too much. No, no. It's just gross. Uh, just gross. So anyways, shout out to those artists. <laughs> they really did it this time. They really did it. They nailed it in a gross way. In a bad way. With a gross in nail. In a real bad way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Card Kingdom and everyone who supports us on Patreon.com slash GLHF Magic. Become a patron before Saturday. Play in our sweet tournament. Yeah. Win awesome door prizes just for playing. Um, thank you to everybody who, by the way, sent in Planned Parenthood donations. Yes. Got a lot of boxes to pack. So many. So, so many. Thank so you thank so you much. all so very much. Um, yeah. We'll be back next week with stories from our Innistrad Midnight pre-release. Woo. Whew. It's going to be a party. I'm so excited to play on Me Thursday. <laughs> I got a gold skeleton in my house now. Yeah. I am ready you are for the season. Ready for the spooky season. <laughs>